0: revival in 2005, the most consistent element of Dr. Who has been composer Murray Gold. His music was as integral to the Russell T. Davies years as the leading actors were. And then, Gold reinvented himself for Stephen Moffat. In this extended time dilation episode of 2MTL, I'm talking to a couple of musicians who aren't content to appreciate his work. They've amassed an orchestra across the globe and they're performing it. We'll hear from Stephen Willis and Robin LaPasha, the leader and aide-de-camp, respectively, of the Doctor Who fan orchestra. I'm Chip, and welcome to Two Minute Time Lord podcast, episode 227. I met Doctor Who fan orchestra assistant coordinator Robin LaPasha at Duke University, where we Skyped in to coordinator and arranger Stephen Willis. Stephen is a British student of music and drama, with more than a passing interest in Doctor Who, notably its music. Stephen's a great fan of Murray Gold's work, and for several years he has been playing and studying the music of Doctor Who. And this led to, as he put it, the crazy idea to put together the Doctor Who fan orchestra. Robin LaPasha is a literature scholar by training, a library worker by day, an amateur musician on weekends, and a Doctor Who fan all the time. She has written about the new series music in a few articles and blogs, but considers this project of actually playing that same music in a group as the more exciting challenge. Stephen, the first question I'd like to ask you is, what in the world gave you the idea for putting together a virtual fan orchestra?
1: Well, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? Because, I mean, thinking about it, I don't know how on earth it worked, but somehow it did. Um, and I think mainly because of the fact that everyone who was involved in it just believed so much in, you know, in the cause of it, basically, because it, it is an expression of fandom. Um, and lots of people do feel very strongly about, uh, about Doctor Who, first of all, and Murray Gold's music.
0: What is it about Murray Gold's uh, music that uh, captivates you?
1: He can do anything, you know, any sort of style. And it's always wonderful. You know, I don't think there's a single bit he's written that I I could say I don't like. And it does have that kind of universal appeal. Because even people who don't know Doctor Who, the show, have heard his music and know that. And are, you know, impressed with that. And, you know, maybe even like the proms and stuff at the Albert Hall Someone who's a prom goer but not a Doctor Who person might have heard some of Murray's music there and be inspired to to watch Doctor Who. So it's his music really does have that power over people. What about you, Robin?
2: To me, it's it's got a lot of heart and guts. It's another voice in the program. Uh, I mean, when when you see the scenes, the music, you can listen to this to the track of the episode and know the scenes because it fits them. And um, then when you listen to the soundtrack, the tune's got legs. Uh, they're, they're really strong melodically and earworms. And so it, it both works in its context and as music alone. It's just wonderful.
0: Now, Murray has his uh, supporters and his detractors in uh, Doctor Who fandom. Uh, Was the Doctor Who fan orchestra sort of uh, an attempt to plant a flag and say, uh, no, Murray Gold's music is
1: absolutely worth celebrating? I don't think that ever crossed my mind particularly. Um, Because, you know, I just tend to think, well, my, uh, my viewpoint is that it is good. Um, And so that's what led me to to come up with it. But it's it's a nice thought that that perhaps it is a a putting the flag down.
2: We just feel secure about it and want to play it. Just love the stuff and want to celebrate it. Don't have to worry about what other people think anymore.
0: And I count myself as uh, firmly a Murray Gold fan. And uh, I think I've said before on my podcast about how really... The sit up and take notice that Doctor Who is contemporary is right from the beginning with the Westminster Bridge, the very first thing that you hear in uh, yeah. on, Episode 1, Rose, uh, just makes you sit up and take notice that it's, it's not going to sound like 1980s Doctor Who. So how much trouble was it to pull together a virtual fan orchestra?
1: The second I put out the word that I had this idea and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get people together to do this, I was inundated with emails, people just saying, oh, I've been wanting to do something like this for ages. It's brilliant. You've come up with this idea. Please let me do it. Um, So they just kept flooding in. And I mean, more people said they wanted to take part than actually did. But hopefully the success of the first one will, will prove that it is a lot of fun and it does come up with a good result. We ended up with, I think, 35
0: that seems like such a huge chore to manage all of these participants. How did Robin come into the picture?
1: Um invaluable. I'm okay with dealing with people, but but when it comes to actually making sure people know what they're doing and getting them in on time and then actually knowing exactly what to say so that people understand what they've got to do and when they've got to do it and how they've got to do it. I mean, I couldn't have done it without Robin. And Robin, what what made you get what made you leap up to this?
2: Just the belief that it could happen. Um uh it's Stephen did all the hard work he you know, pr- produced all of the parts, got them out to people with audio and then when and it also set up the Facebook so that folks can have a little chat space and uh answered ninety percent of the questions um everywhere and uh, when the folks submitted stuff, he's the one who cleaned it all up mixed it together, took the video, edited the video, synced the video to the audio. It was like, it's just an unreal amount of work for one guy.
0: Well, let's take a quick listen to a bit of the Doctor Who fan orchestra's uh, performance of I Am the Doctor, the 11th Doctor's theme, as composed by Murray Gold and uh, as arranged by Stephen Riggs.
1: was you need to be able to play an instrument you need to be able to have a reasonable microphone and uh, you need to want to do it and that was it basically um, and I gave them uh, a click track which is like a, a metronome uh, that you listen to on headphones um, to keep everyone in time because otherwise it would have been a nightmare um, and they also had a, a sort of computer uh, Sibelius rendering of the arrangement which went along with the click track, so that they could feel sort of part of the the ensemble even before everyone had come together.
2: From my point of view, I work a lot with complete amateurs who have never recorded themselves. Um, like that, the, I work a lot with folk musicians, and um, this is a group that had like everybody from twelve to fifty six, and maybe beyond that, and some folks were experienced, but not professionals, all amateurs. And some of them were just kids who were enthused. And so, I mean, you're already getting into a little technical stuff. A click track for me didn't work very well because it's a click track in seven, which was kind of like, oh, I can't deal with this. I have a different way, a folk music way of thinking about some of the beats.
0: That's right. It is a 7-4 signature. Uh, for most of it. Most of it. But
2: not all of it. And then um, a the Sibelius audios. Um, Sibelius is a notation program that can also produce audios. And we were experimenting with how much. Um, well, Stephen, as I, would, I would email Stephen back and say, I need more audio. I I'm a singer with a band. I need more band in this. And then as we were having some difficulties getting the submissions, realized this is the end of the school year. All these school kids, are just like leaving and don't have access to their band practice rooms anymore. So, so dif- difficulties of, in, of all kinds, as well as basic technical difficulties, like there wasn't a specified sample rate or file type. And so Stephen had to mix up quite a little stew there with the different files he got.
0: Well, it turned out great, Stephen. How much time did you have to put into this?
1: Well, that's a a, a difficult question because I mean, obviously, I didn't work on it nonstop. It was kind of a a long process. Generally, I mean, I first put the word out. I think the end of March, and then it came together in July. I didn't pay attention to particularly how much time it took me to to mix it and stuff. It, I just kept going till it was right. How about the video part of it? Was that part of the plan from the beginning? It wasn't actually. It was a suggestion of um, one of the members, and it was a very good suggestion. We didn't get quite as many video submissions as I would have liked. So hopefully in the future we can have a nice, well, a bigger blend of the different videos. I couldn't tell it from watching it myself. It it seemed
0: representative of uh the crowd that you had. So you you've just given away the you've just given away the story uh that uh there weren't as many uh video participants. It uh, looked it looked pretty expansive to me. Did you edit the video yourself as well?
1: Yes. I mean that that was quite difficult as well because I had quite a nice idea about how to to have all various windows of instruments sliding about, but it ended up being a bit ambitious.
0: Oh, it looked pretty good. It reminded me of the uh, sort of video songs uh, format that uh, bands like uh, Pomplamoose do on YouTube, where they try to capture video of every instrument that's in the song as sort of a montage. So um, it, it really looked good and and familiar to people who are aware of that weird little subgenre of uh, pop music on YouTube. You sort of may have inadvertently dovetailed into that but it looked great uh and and funny too i loved the the bit where the flautist suddenly uh, found herself wearing a fez and playing a mop so what's next for you did you have so much fun that you want to do this all over again
1: yes definitely i mean i think I think there's no end to it really the next piece we have planned is uh this is gallifrey and vale decem one of which is obviously the theme of The Doctor's Home Planet, and the other is The Farewell to the Tenth Doctor, Um, the latter of which is very choir-heavy. It's got Latin lyrics and is very harmonic and sad. This question's for you,
0: Robin. How much people wrangling do you think will be uh, required for uh, this one? Is this one going to be more complicated?
2: Well, it's a lot of different kind of parts, and it's choir-heavy, but to our surprise, the YouTube of the original piece has gotten over 23,000 hits in 2 weeks and so a lot of people have seen it and a lot of people in, in fact even when we first like showed it to the members as a start the ones who hadn't submitted videos and the ones who hadn't actually managed to make a submission said Oh that's awesome. I wanted to do that. I should have done that. I need to do that for the next one. And so we're hoping that the enthusiasm will carry the piece of, the recruitment for the piece has been announced on YouTube on Stephen's channel Socks of Balhoon. And so um hoping that if there's a lot of people to wrangle that's better.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, if somebody wants to participate in, uh, this is Gallifrey and Validation, did I pronounce it right? I'm rubbish at Latin. What do they need to do? Uh,
1: They can contact me via YouTube, via my Socks of Balhune account. I'm on Twitter as Stephen underscore Willis and Gallifrey based forum. Um, So there's all sorts of ways you can get in touch with me. And uh, you need to tell me your name, your email address and the instruments that you play and any other information that you might think is useful.
2: Or vocal parts that you sing,
1: yes.
0: And uh, as a baseline, what sort of, re- just to repeat the sort of requirements as far as uh, skill and ability to record yourself, what do people need to bring to the party?
1: Well, I said originally when we started, I and the doctor. In terms of technical um, ability on the instrument, it doesn't need to be that great because that's not the essence of it. To produce, you know, a wonderful recording. It's it's just about us coming together and having a lovely time doing it. Um, that said, there are, um, you know, that's within reason. If you if you think you're going to struggle, you you know, feel free to contact me and discuss it. But it should probably be fine. And in terms of, you know, microphone and stuff, Robin's compiled a wonderful document that can help people, you know, with how to decide what to use or, or where to borrow from that sort of thing. In a nutshell, Robin,
2: Um. There there is easy ways, and there's borrowing from people. Uh, it, you, you kind of need something that can plug into a digital recorder or a uh, computer. It makes it easier if it's something like a USB mic to go into a computer because then you won't be wondering why nothing works. And I've spent years at that, so <laughs> that, that's years of struggling. It's like, why is it three seconds later? Blah. Do with what you've got and borrow what you can and get your friends and family to help out or borrow from your school. Just do what you can. As far as the parts, I think a lot of people are fairly common sense about it because they look at the part, they listen to the part, they practice the part, and they know whether they can pull it off or not. It's almost more that they're doing okay and don't have the confidence than it is of you know submitting something, unless they haven't listened to it, of course. A lot of people are pretty common sense and can can do what they can do.
0: What do you think Murray Gold thinks of all of this? Do you
1: think he uh noticed? Oh he's certainly aware. Um via Twitter he's um you know, he's expressed his approval. In fact he said it made him cry because of the, the dedication and the participation.
2: And and he gave us a little bit of publicity with uh letting folks other folks know about it
0: but this is totally a non-commercial project uh you're uh, how, how you're you're distributing it on youtube and is that pretty much it
1: that is it i mean um and it's also it's free to download as an mp3 um just for people who've been part of it you know can take it as a memento and also people who've enjoyed just listening to it can you know take it with them and have another listen that sort of thing um and that's that's what it's about really just just having fun and and spreading it that way
2: and that that's part of it's amateur, it's fan, it's fun. It's not going to be any um commercial threat. And so uh it's, we're just having fun, we're celebrating it.
0: And it's worthy of celebration and it's a worthy celebration. So one more time, the YouTube channel where the Doctor Who fan orchestra's rendition of I Am the Doctor can be found where? Socks of Balhoon. Socks is in the things you wear on your oh, feet. One word. And Balhoon. S O C K S Yes. Fantastic. Uh, Stephen and Robin, thank you so much for uh, coming on the, this uh, time dilation edition of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, talking about a really, really great creative project that I'm looking forward to more. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. We'll be back with a two-minute episode reviewing the latest episode of Torchwood Miracle Day in a very few days. You can find more episodes at twominutetimelord.com. Catch you later.